Welcome to Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond. We are so glad you could join us today. The Crosstalk podcast is in pursuit of growing in our understanding of the gospel and discovering what it means to transfer to the next generation. And now, here are your hosts, Charles and Daniel. Thanks for joining us again today. We are diving back into our series on the family, and today we want to deal with part two of finding and pursuing purpose. Uh, If you didn't join us last week, I would encourage you to go back and listen because we are dealing with foundational issues here, and we really kind of laid the groundwork for our foundation, if you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, so really this foundational understanding we need to have in order to consider what a f- biblical family looks like, and might I add, the biblical foundation to understand anything in life when it comes to purpose, meaning, and understanding that. And uh, so we're looking at Philippians 3, 7 through 16. Um, in this passage, um, Paul gives us the whole of Christian doctrine and really lays the foundation. As you said, if I had one passage to preach, you said, I think I'd want to preach this one. That's what you told me uh, in our preparation. Yeah, it covers the gamut of Christian both doctrinally and right. practically. So if you're a mom or a dad or thinking about marriage or married or single or anything in life, this is the passage and foundation that we feel like you need to focus on or the truth that's found in this passage that you need to focus on. This is Which where you it will starts. find all over. Right. Scriptures. Yeah, you will. Yeah. It's just it just this was a great passage which encapsulates it all right, right in one place. Um, so last week we saw the reckoning and the righteousness of a life and purpose. Again, I encourage you to go back and listen to part one if you didn't hear it. Um, and But this week we're going to jump into the reach of a life of purpose and the rest of a life of purpose. Something I want to say here before we jump into this. You said before we came on that Christian life is not a difficult life. It's an impossible life. And I think as we walk through this, that will be clear and about what we're fixing to walk through here will be clear. But why do you say that? As we move into this, why do you say that? You know, I heard that phrase used years ago in college by higher life teachers. You know, therefore, since it's an impossible life, you have to let go and let God, and you have to live this sort of uh, life that where you're not doing it but God is. There's a danger there because it gives the impression we can shift into a higher life and do something otherwise we couldn't do. But the phrase is important. I say it's not possible because, humanly speaking, it isn't possible to to live what we're talking about. That's why we have Christ. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. That's why we focus on what Christ has done for us and in us and to us and what he has for us because he's laid these things before us. So... We are pressing towards something which keeps us utterly dependent on the Lord, and we are constantly looking to Him. And um, I, I just think that knowledge, that this is beyond me, Paul says, not as though I'd already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, I pursue this that I'm talking about in order that... I may apprehend that for which Christ has apprehended me in Christ Jesus. So with that said, that moves us into the the last couple of points under our part two that we're talking about in finding and pursuing purpose. What is the reach of a life of purpose? When we say the reach, when we say we're pressing towards something, what do we mean by that? Well, Paul said, this one thing I do, 
forgetting those things which are behind, pressing forward unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark. I reach toward the go. There is a reach involved, uh, an effort, if you will. It's not effortless. It is a reach. It's a stretching toward the go. So it's not just a let go and let God. It isn't. <laughs> we are working, right. but it is Christ who is working in us, and we're aware of that. And, and Paul says it in Galatians chapter 2. Um, I, you know, I quoted um, uh, Robert Browning a moment ago uh, when he said, uh, a man's reach should exceed his grasp, or what's a heaven's for? What's a heaven for? That's a that's a really a good phrase. Here we are, looking at things, heavenly things, spiritual things. We are carnal. We are sinful. We are prone to wonder. And yet this is what God has called us to. And so we're reaching for something that, that God has for us. And we want to talk a little bit about that whole Life. What does that look like for the Christian mom, Christian father, Christian uh, pastor who's encouraging parents in this whole thing? Why is this foundational? And first of all, you see, it's a process. There's a process to a life of purpose. I think a lot of us, maybe those of us who have more type A personality struggle with this or you're a perfectionist, I think we, we lose sight of that, this idea of a process. I really think all of us do to a degree. That it's, it's not going to happen overnight. Right. We're working through this. And we do miss out on the fact that the process, this is important. Right. Sometimes as the goal. Now, the goal is the ultimate importance because we know that's eternal. But, but you know, Paul never had any notions of perfection this side of heaven. He uh, A.T. Robertson says that uh, he knew nothing of, of so-called sudden absolute perfection by a single experience. So that's important. Hold on to that. Moms and dads, all Christians, because there are those out there who think, well, you can have this experience that's mm-hmm. going to change you forever, and you're going to be holier than you ever would have been, and you're going to be on a higher plane. Paul Robertson said, has made great progress in Christ's likeness, but the goal is still before him, not behind him. And if you want a life of purpose, you must commit to a life of process. The righteous man falls, the righteous woman falls seven times. And rises up again. And so this is the process we're called to. I press toward the mark. I am reaching. And not as though I had attained, either were already perfect. So there's a process involved. There's there's a pursuit then involved. I press toward the mark. Paul's pursuing something. He, he used to pursue Christians. He used to chase them down like a an animal chasing down his prey. And then he With, turned his energies into something else. Now he pursues yeah. Christ. Now, yep. yeah. I think when you start hearing these words... There is the effort that you talk about. I'll go back to you made that, that comment that there's an effort involved. You, you begin to sense that effort that Paul is, is speaking of, that toiling, if you will. That's a biblical word, toiling. Right. You know, we're, we're striving, striving with God, striving which works yeah. in me mightily. Yeah. And I think if you read throughout the scriptures, that's a very clear concept that we often lose sight of. Um, you know, Paul tells Timothy, "I don't don't grow weary in well doing." Right. You know, so this idea of pursuit. I mean, it's it's work. It is, and it's uh, but it's work relying upon the Lord Himself, and this pursuit. You know, Paul's life was a, a his life purpose was to pursue to know and follow Christ. And his purpose for him. Now, for Paul, that was especially as a, a, an apostle to the Gentiles. But 
whatever, however that works out for us, we, we are pursuing Christ and his purpose. Paul was convinced that Christ had laid hold of him for something. The passage says that. And whatever it was, and what God had laid hold of him for, Christ had laid hold of him for, he wanted to lay hold of, and he believed he would. <clears throat> so he pursued that. His life was a life of that pursuit. Our children need to see us pursuing that. They, they know we're going to fail. They're going to see us fail. But are we still staying focused on the pursuit? And which then, our pursuit and this commitment to process leads to a life of priority, the priority of a life of purpose. Um, this one thing I do. There's a singular focus there. There is. Uh, um, um, I liken it to an athlete who is pressing toward a prize. You know, and I know you're going to talk about prize here in a minute, but I don't want to steal your thunder. But I do think it, it, you you start to feel this idea of an athlete and the the toil and the the vigor that they put into into pursuing what they pursue. It's um, you know, we we've you and I've heard the story of a young lady who gave herself to excellence with the violin, and she practiced what she called planned neglect. You. Mm-hmm. You plan to neglect a lot of things in order to be excellent at one thing. And, uh, you know, in our lives, we have so much stuff sometimes going on. I think COVID's helped us to see that sometimes it's good just to not have to mm-hmm. have all this stuff. You can't pursue these things. But God shows us what our priorities are. And Paul says that. He didn't say, yeah, I like the phrase one fellow said. He didn't say these many things I dabble in, but this one thing <laughs> right. I do. He had a lot of responsibilities. He did build tents. He did other things. He, some, but he was focused on pursuing Christ and Christ's purpose, Christ's likeness. And there's there's something liberating about focus and single-mindedness. It causes other things to fall off to the side. And so then you mentioned a prize. Yeah, I didn't mean to steal your son there. Sorry. That's okay. But the prize <laughs> of a life, a purpose, the prize of the Christian life, I press toward the mark. I reach for the prize of the upper call of God, the high call of God in Christ Jesus. If a man will turn his back on all his earthly gain and the goods that went with it and basically look at it as so much barnyard manure, then there must be something for which he was reaching. And this was it, the prize of God's higher call on his life. And he knew it would be realized. You know, I... When I was single, and then when I was approaching marriage, and as I was thinking of ministry, there were two or three things in this regard that I wanted. I wanted to be a faithful father and husband. I wanted to raise a family that followed Jesus. Then I wanted to be a faithful and and um, adequate preacher of the gospel. And I wanted to train men to focus on these things we're talking about. And so a lot of other things that other people thought were important in ministry, for whatever reason, they didn't seem to hold the importance that that they did to other people. I only say that to say focusing, prioritizing, focusing on the prize brings that prioritizing. Well, and I think you and I talked about this, and, and a lot of times people consider the Christian life an either-or. You know what I'm saying? It's you know either have the fun or not have the fun, yeah. you know? And um, I think the Christian life is not necessarily an either-or, but rather everything you do is funneled through this thinking that we're talking about. 
Everything you do is funneled through a kingdom way of thinking and living. And as you think through these issues, some things may go, mm-hmm. as you're talking about. They will fall off to the side. Even good things may yeah. go. And it's it's really coming down to the athlete again, that concept. You know, they say, hey, I've, I've done without a hamburger for like five years yeah, so I that I can keep a yeah. this physique yeah. and strength that I have. Yeah. Those are not necessarily bad things in and of themselves. They're enjoyable things. In moderation, they can be fine, yeah. But the idea here is is that we are looking at our homes, our families. And when I say our homes, I mean our physical houses, you know, um, our resources that we have. And are we funneling those through the kingdom of God? You know, that's that's really exactly. what we're trying to talk about here. And so what God is doing is he's calling us to be a person of passionate priority who will not be distracted from the heavenly pursuit and be convinced that what Christ has laid hold of us for, that you can, by his grace, lay hold of. And then Paul says, run in such a way that you may obtain it. This mm-hmm. is what we're after. Yeah. What, what is, where's our focus? What's our eyes fixed on? You know, Christian and Pilgrim's Progress. He was looking at the heavenly city. It was always out there. Now, and all these things, swamp, the slew of despond, all these things, but he was looking to the city. So and that's the reach. That's the reach. It's, 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 a, it's quite a reach. It is. <laughs> and it's impossible without God. Yes, it's a process, a pursuit. Yeah, but it's a, I think in some ways some people could find this wearisome. You know, they go, oh, I don't know if I can do this. But it is true. Yeah. the next point, the rest of a life of purpose. This is for any mom, dad, single, married, grandparent who thinks it's Pastor, daunting. Elder. Yeah. Remember, there's a rest in this purpose. So what are we talking about? Let's when we say the rest, what do we mean? Yeah, I, we do need, and the Scripture gives us reassurance, reassurances in which we can rest. Do you know, Jesus is called our Sabbath. He is He is the one in whom, come unto me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. And Paul gives us something of that here, because he he says, um, um, therefore let as many as are mature have this mind, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Now, um... This is not going to be a trouble-free life. No. This well, and we said it at the beginning. Yeah. We said, you know, the Christian life is not difficult. It's impossible. I mean, there's going to be difficulties that seem impossible. Roadblocks. Yeah. Even brick walls. Things that we think, I can't. I cannot keep on. Now, God does a couple of things through Paul in this verse. First, he gives a guideline for Christian maturity. How do we know we're mature? You know, that's a hard one because, well, if I say I'm mature, maybe I'm not, you know, and I don't see the maturity I ought to see. But Paul gives a guideline. What he basically says is, you know all those things I just said? This trusting Christ's righteousness, not my own, pursuing and becoming more like Christ, prioritizing, reaching the prize, the goal in Christ Jesus, uh, laying hold of what God has laid hold of me for. If that's what you're doing, if that's your focus, if that's your purpose, you're a mature Christian and you're a maturing Christian. It's both. It means you're going in the right direction. That's right. It it is a matter of direction. Maturity and success in the Christian life are a matter of direction. That process you talked about. Right. The process of of working through it by faith. And Paul says in Colossians, as you have received Christ, so walk ye in him. I mean, we received him by faith. We walk in him by faith. Right. That maturity makes a biblical estimation of life's 
life, its gain, its goods. It um, knows who he or she is in Christ and finds joy in that and is working on becoming more and more like him as the Spirit of God gives help and is pressing toward that mark of the prize in that process that you talked about of the upper call of God in Christ Jesus. This is a guideline for maturity. This is what a mature Christian looks like. Look at that passage. Then the question comes, how do I know? Now people say, well, how do I know the will of God? Mm -hmm. Or how do I know um, when I'm messing up, when I'm missing the mark? And there's there's a promise here, a guarantee, and that is, if in anything any of you have another kind of mind, another way of thinking, or King James says, otherwise minded, the Lord shall reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that you have already attained, in other words, the maturity you already attained to, let's walk by the same rule. Let's mind the same thing. I was just going to say this. It, it's not like Paul says this overtly, but it's almost like Paul knows everything he's just said could be a little bit overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And then he adds this onto there to make sure people are right. not yeah. losing sight of what he's saying. I, I, don't, I can't read Paul's mind, but right. yeah, it's, he's, he's thrown a lot at them in a short Right, a short segment here of the letter he's writing to them, and he says, "Oh, by the way, if this is you, if you have Jesus' righteousness, or you're, you're a believer, not only do you have His righteousness, but you hunger for more, and you hunger to grow in that righteousness and to become more and more like Jesus. If you are uh, reaching for the goal, then you know what." When you're starting to do something, God has a way of knocking on your heart's door. As you're in the Word, which we all should be, as you're under the Word, in a church, under the authority and leadership of a biblical church, you hear sound preaching and teaching. As you're fellowshipping with other Christians, availing yourself of the means of grace, watching people come into church through baptism, participating in the communion of the Lord's table, where there's self-examination, where you're examining yourself in these things. You know what? That's that's the kind of person God says, whoa. Because if you're not, that's now that's a different story. Question altogether. Yeah. Yeah. And so as a family, and we talk because this is in the broader context of talking about the family, and as a just a follower of Christ, this is our foundation. This is what we have to keep before us. This idea of a clear saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And then the being and becoming, as you talked about last week, the being and becoming. And can we say with Paul, I count all loss. It's going to be a process. It's going to be a pursuit. It's going to be a priority. It's going to be the prize of Christ that we're pursuing. Right. But can we say these things? I think that's what we're trying to communicate to people in the context of the family and as individuals who work within that context of the family. Yeah. It's, it's, and here's the thing. It's not without tribulation and even hard-to-answer questions. But you have the Word of God as your guide and the Spirit of God, and the promise of God as your guarantee. It's a lifelong process. It will take all you can give by God's grace. But if you're a genuine believer, it lies before you. If you're a parent, a father, a husband, a grandparent, a single thinking of marriage, right. a couple without children, a couple who's not married yet, this is what lies before you. This is what God has given to us. It's a great thing. Will we struggle? We certainly mm-hmm. will. But will God get us there? 
He certainly will. But it gives purpose in the struggle. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And I think I think we have to be okay with that tension. We have to be okay. You and I have often talked about the tension. Yeah. And I think we have to be okay with with working through that struggle. Um and knowing that that's the, the, the bigger picture, the bigger purpose for why we do what we do. There is no great purpose in life apart from Christ. Hmm. And I think on a very solid note, that is a good one to end on. Because we're almost out of time. <laughs> Christ-centered. That's right. Absolutely. Christ-centered in all that we do. Thank you for joining us, and we will talk to you next week. Thanks, everyone, so much for joining us today. You can always visit us on the web at crosstalkpodcast.org. Crosstalk is produced by Vision for Living Ministries, a nonprofit organization. This podcast is a free resource, but you can support us financially through our website. For more information on Vision for Living Ministries, visit our website at visionforliving.org, where you can find more great resources. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Vision for Living or on Twitter, at V4L. We also love to hear from our listeners. You can email us at info at visionforliving.org. Be sure to join us next week on Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond. Crosstalk.